Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. And he is the savior of the body. And because of this, he says, therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it, that it might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such things, but that it should be holy and without blemish. Father, we thank you for your holy word. Lord, I pray that you would help me to explain the best I know how, uh, how you feel about the church, your bride. And Lord, I just thank you for Jesus who has set the pace, who has gave his all for us, who, who said that the gates of hell wouldn't prevail against his church. And so I pray, Lord, that you take this word and put it into our hearts and adjust us the way we need to be adjusted today. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. When the Lord Jesus left this earth, he only left one thing behind, and that was his disciples, which one thing led to another. People began to be saved, and people began to gather together, and finally over there in the book of Acts, they were called Christians first, at Antioch. So thus, what he did was he left behind the church. And the church is a glorious outfit, by the way. And, and it's a shame that some churches today can't seem to get it together, can't seem to keep it together, can't have, seem to have gospel teaching and gospel preaching and gospel singing and people getting dispersed and scattering. And as I told you before, if I was a lost adult, I wouldn't know which direction to go today because there's so many churches that are out there that are, do, that are doing different things, okay? Uh, I've always heard this say, build it and they'll come. Well, I say feed them and they'll come. That's true. But listen, if you teach and you preach the word of God, I believe they'll come. Hello? I believe people today are searching for God. They're searching for Jesus and they're searching for his will for their life, which is a big step and a most important step. Um, it, the, the church is not your idea and it's not mine. It was God's idea to have the church. And the church is not the building, y'all. It's the people that dwell in. We're the church. If you're saved this morning, you, you are the church. And Jesus died for us, for the church. Uh, I love what Jesus told Peter when Peter said, you're Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus said, hey, you didn't come up with that on yourself, son. The Spirit of God spoke to your heart, and because he did, I believe Jesus was looking directly at Peter in the eyes. I believe he was pointing his finger to him, and he says, turns that finger, and he said, upon this rock, I will build my church. You listen? The Bible says, my church. Not mine, but Jesus said, my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Listen, we haven't seen hard times yet. The Antichrist, hey, he hasn't made his appearance yet, but there are a lot of people who are lost today and they are anti 
Christian, okay? They are anti-Christ. So you can say, yeah, the Antichrist has made his appearance, but not the, not the real genuine anti-Christ, but people who do not name the name of Jesus, they're anti-Christ, okay? They are against the church. They are against Jesus. And you can, you can mark it down. Listen, the devil's probably tapping you on the shoulder right now, whispering in your ear, hey, you don't have to listen to that. <clears throat> just do what you're doing. Just be a good boy. Be a good girl. Just, just, just do right, and you, you're going to be okay. You're going to make it. Let me tell you, if you're not saved, you're not going to make it. There's a place, as they said, a new name written down in heaven. That's when people get saved. When a person gets saved, I always tell them right quick, hey, the angels in heaven right now is rejoicing because you have just been saved. I'm talking about the bride of Christ. I'm talking about the beauty of the bride. September the 26th coming up, Lynn and I will be, have 49 years married September 26th. You know, I'm thinking back in that little small building friendship Baptist church on Highway 81. I stood at that altar with preacher uh, Kirby. I was nervous to say the least. I'd never gotten married before. You know, we'd rehearsed this thing. We, we knew, I knew what I was supposed to say, but, and I'm thinking, now, what did he say I need to, and my mind was just turning and turning, and he's standing there, this is calm. And all of a sudden, the music changed, and the doors back there opened up, and I'm going to tell you, for the first time in my life, I saw my bride in her wedding gown. If, if I hadn't been so nervous and tore up, I'd have shouted, wow! <laughs> but I was nervous. I, I didn't know. You know, I'm just standing there, and I'm thinking, now, where did he say to stand when she gets up here? <laughs> Reminds me of a, a wedding I was going to have, and the old boy said, uh, preacher said, I, I can't remember exactly what I was supposed to do. I said, you okay? He said, can we go over it just one more time real quick? I said, well, come on. We went in the back room, and I'm going over it, and I heard the side door of the sanctuary, boom. It was Lynn. She was directing the wedding. She says, what are you doing? I said, I'm just going. She said, we're ready, and we're waiting on y'all. There, I was tore up again. <laughs> and it wasn't even my wedding. But the bride makes all the difference in the world, guys. Listen, I've heard, I've heard groomsmen say, well, what? I said, listen, son, when the doors open and the music changes and you see your bride walking down the aisle, don't you worry about what you're looking like because ain't nobody going to be looking at you. They're going to be looking at the bride. Well, today, let me tell you something. The beauty of the bride, the world is watching the church. You mark it down. The lost crowd, a lot of them are watching the church to see what we're going to do, to see where we're going to stand on this issue and that issue. And I want to challenge you right now. It's not time to do it, but you and I as Christian citizens need to vote. You need to vote your conviction. I've heard people say, well, I don't like neither one that's running. Well, I'm sorry. If you don't vote, you voted for the one that goes in.
So I challenge you to vote. Listen, y'all. It's time that the church stood on the rock, and that is Jesus, that taught and preaches and teaches and shares the word of God. We're on our way down, y'all. We're not on our way up. As Christians, we are, but as society in the world, we're not. Christians are being pushed down and told you can't do this and you can't do that. Well, listen now, Good News Club, we're fixing to crank up. We're fixing to start. We need your prayers. This could be the year when the Antichrist shows up over there at Orchard Park and says, you all are not going in there and teach Jesus. I'm going to be as deaf as a deaf person. I'm walking in. You know why? That is my schoolhouse, my school teachers, and I pay my taxes, so therefore it's my building and my teachers. Hello? The beauty of the bride. Listen, there's three little simple things that I want to share with you this morning. First of all, there's the value of the bride. The value. Listen, you as a bride, you and I as the bride of Christ, listen, I'll tell you what value we are. We're worth more than money. We're worth more than silver. We're worth more than gold because Jesus shed his blood for the church. He gave his all for the church. We're valuable to him. He didn't make a bid for us on an auction block. No, he didn't. The value of the church, it cost Jesus his precious blood. Uh, what do you think about when you think about churchless Christians? Listen, churchless Christians. I guarantee you, I don't know how many is in here right now, but I guarantee you if you go through the deacon book and you look at the names, it says inactive. There's probably more inactive members of this church than there are members here this morning. They are churchless Christians. Oh, I love God. I, I, I really do. I, I love him. Have you been saved? Oh, yeah. Where do you go to church? Well, I don't go. Why don't you go? Well, they made me mad. They hurt my feelings. Well, you know, I, and when I worked a public job, I got my feelings hurt. I got mad. But you think I quit? Uh-uh. No, I didn't quit. It was my job. It was my livelihood. But people use any excuse in the world not to come to God's house. That's sad. Churchless Christians. How many do you know? You need to talk to them. Hey, pull them aside. So I want to ask you a question. Have you, have you been saved? Oh, yeah. Why don't you come to church? Well, I don't like so-and-so. I said, okay, I'll tell you what let's do. Let's go see old so-and-so and see how he feels about it. If he don't want you there, then I'll leave with you. We got to stick together. Hey, if you can't make amends for what's going on, it, it creates havoc in the beauty of the bride. It creates havoc in the value that Christ has placed on the church. You know, what we put up on the sign out here, we, we need to put it up. Put, if we have a conviction about what needs to be put on there, put it on there. Don't worry about what the world says. The world don't care about us, whether we exist or not. They'd love to shut us down, but hey, I'm like Brother Max said a good long while ago. You've got this church and that church and this hoodunk and hardlord and whatever, but we are First Baptists and we're going to stay First Baptists. I believe in God the Father, Jesus the Son, and the Holy Spirit of God. I believe in missions. I believe we ought to give. If we can't give, we need to get out. 
not only as individuals giving, but I think we as a church family, we need to give to these things. And I don't know who's doing it. I praise God for it, whoever's pouring in all that money on the Good News Club. I mean, it's just amazing. Somebody believes in getting the word in the schoolhouse. And I tell you, the word needs to be in the, in the White House, in the schoolhouse. It, it needs to be in the church house. And if he's an outhouse, it needs to be there too. I'm serious. You and I have that privilege. We have Jesus coins out here. You need to take one. You need to give it away. Give the pamphlet away. Say, hey, I got something I want to give you. We got, we got church brochures. You, you pull up at the gas pump. Nine out of ten times, there's somebody on the other side of that gas pump. They could be lost. They could be unchurched. Hey, sir, I'd love to give, or ma'am, I'd love to give you a pamphlet. Uh, we'd love to have you at our church if you're not in church. You know why some churches are growing leaps and bounds? Advertise. My, my, uh, uh, my uh, niece would be my nephew by marriage. Uh, started a church in Durham, North Carolina with 42 people. He was called to go there. 42 people. Today, he will preach three morning services and an evening service. Thousands are coming. I says, what is the key here? He said, our folk disadvertise. Advertise. If you don't like a church, you need to go somewhere you can like it and advertise. But for goodness sakes, don't run this one down if you're not happy. I mean, give it all you got. Share. You want to sell something? What do you do? Well, I'll keep it in my pocket. I ain't going to let nobody know I got it. Uh-uh. You got to get it out there. You got to show it. You got to rivet. it. You got to read it. You got to do all that God would ask you uh, to do. Uh, the local church, by the way, is a, a, a bunch of baptized believers who come together to worship the Lord Jesus Christ. That is the value um, of the, lo the local church. Um, you know, it's like the Bible says that a husband needs to love his wife as Jesus loved the church. And what did he do? He died for the church, and that's what makes the church so valuable today. All right, secondly... The vitality of the church. Not only the value, but the vitality of the church. Um, verse 26, um, it says that he might sanctify it and cleanse it by the washing of water and by the word. The church, listen, the church, we're alive. Amen? Our church is alive. Uh, uh, physically, you saw all these babies, all these children, and there's more in the nursery. There's more coming. And we need to keep it exciting. Listen, if your child is not in the youth group, whose fault is it? If your child's not in the children's wing, whose fault is it? One of our newest members, ladies, was sitting over here a while ago. I spoke to her, and she said, I'm going to get to be with the children today. Excited. Listen, don't rob your child. Don't rob your child of the youth group. Don't rob them of growing up in the children's wing and, and seeing what God is doing in there. I made a visit of a young couple with a very small child trying to get them in church, and they didn't want to come. I said, what about the little guy here? Does he not deserve a chance? Oh, well, when he gets old enough, uh, we'll let him make that decision. I said, when time comes to go to school, you're going to... 
asking, does he want to go to school or are you going to make him go to school? So I'm going to make him go to school. I said, well, you better be making him go to church. They didn't. Long story short, probably 10 to 15 years later, the mother called. The little, the, that son had grown up. And now he's cussing his mama out. He's breaking things in the house. And his mama calls me and says, what can I do? And I'm thinking to myself, you done blew it. You blew it. I tried to get you to do something and you blew it. He went on, got caught with drugs, served time in jail. Mom and daddy, still not in church today. Doesn't make any sense. Listen, we, we are responsible for our children and our grandchildren. We need to invest in those lives. Listen, you know something? We are one generation away from a lost generation in America. Right through here, we classify, or used to be, I don't think we still are, as the Bible Belt. If we aren't careful, they're not even going to be a belt. And some of us men, if we don't wear a belt, you know what happened? My britches fall down. And we get exposed, okay? So if we keep messing around, our pants are going to fall, and the sins of us is going to be revealed and exposed, and then it's going to be too late for a lot of us to do anything. The vitality of the church, let me tell you, it's alive and it's well. Now think about the church. The church needs to be governed by the word of God and not me, not our deacons, not our trustees, but by the word of God. That's what we go by. That's what we should go by. All right? Finances, hey, that's what keeps this thing going. Finances. Finances. Are you giving? If not, why not? Are you giving what you're supposed to? If not, why not? The man said, look, I, I can't afford to give. I said, you can't afford not to. <laughs> God may take everything you got, son. He will collect from his children. The value of the church, the vitality of the church. But listen, I, I love this part, the victory of the church in verse 27. Y'all notice, I'm trying to do without glasses very hard. That he might present it. He's talking about Jesus presenting the church. To himself, a glorious church. Not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. Wow. You know, Jesus himself, when he left here, he said, I'm, I'm going to prepare a place. I'm going to build you a house. You know, everybody likes a house. You know, a young couple getting married, they like to have a house to move into. Lynn and I moved into a 24-foot camper when we got married. Hey, it was nice and cozy. We didn't really stay there. Both of us worked. We got up, fixed our breakfast, fixed our lunches, and went to work. Came in that evening, same thing. Fixed supper, eat supper, went to bed. Would you believe we had some, some of our friends, well, one of the friends, the man graduated with me in high school. The lady graduated with Lynn in high school. They were married and lived in Rock Hill. They would come home and spend the night with us in the camper. Thinking, man, I wouldn't do that again. <laughs> well, it is what it is. Uh, you think about the, uh, 
the things that God has gone to prepare for us, and I think about the victory of the church. Um, look back at that verse with him, that, that he might present it to himself, a glorious church. A glorious church. Not having spot or wrinkle. You know what I think about? I think about those wedding gowns and those wedding dresses and, and everybody, you, you take it to the cleaners and you want it pressed out perfectly. You don't want no spots on it. You want it to be just right. You ladies worry about that stuff. Uh, you know, it's immaterial to us men, uh, but it's, you know, I, sometimes at home, they say, you didn't take that shirt off, it's wrinkled. Oh, I get so upset. But I shouldn't. I should care that she wants her man to look good. So I take it off. Do what she says. That's the best thing, way to get along with any of them. Just do what they say. Just do what they say. Amen? Hey, y'all, come on. I'm the only one talking around here. That's right. <laughs> Doctor, you better watch it. You be hunting something besides a pump. <laughs> but it's amazing. It's amazing. God said, I love you. I love you so much. I'm going to give Jesus to you. And I want you to love him. Some loved him. Some hated him. Some cared for him. Some didn't care for him. Some tried to go to battle for him. Others put him on the cross. It was God's will that our Jesus die on the cross. That's the only way he could get this sin dead away. And look, I can't, I, can't, I can't pay it. I can't afford it, but I can pay on it. I can give God his part and, and live for him. Uh, I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to do the same thing for this church that I do for my wife. And that means I'm going to treat her the best I can. I'm going to love her because she's mine. This is my church. Not preacher-wise. Don't get me wrong. This is my church, okay? If I was sitting on the pew, it'd be my church. I'm going to love her. I'm going to support her. I'm going to take care of her. That's what in those vows when I stood in Friendship Church, I promised before God in that assembly that I would take care of Lynn, that I'd love her, that I'd provide for her even in sickness and health and adversity and prosperity. I'd do all that because I loved her and I haven't ceased to do that since God saved my soul and I got in church and then got out of church and then got back in church and then got out of church and then got back in church and when I got called to preach before that, Prior to that, five years prior to that, Lynn and I made a covenant, a commitment before the altar of God that we would be faithful to him. And I promise you, we haven't ceased to do that since that day. And I don't plan to quit. May not be here, but it'll be somewhere. So I think about this. Are you ready? Do you love your church? You students, you're getting ready to go back to school. And... Uh, you, for some of you who are going to be seniors, you're excited. Oh, boy, this is my last year. I can't wait. And first thing you know, boy, I dread to go into work tomorrow. <laughs> oh, I wish I was back in school. I tell you what, old Miss Smith was mean, but I'd take it again. 
this get me back in school. I saw this on the wall of Orchard Park. I don't know if it's in West Oak, Walhalla, Seneca, I do not know. But it's a good thing for all of us in this room and our students to take heed to what I'm fixing to share with you. And I close with this word, pride. It goes for our church. It goes for our school. It goes for where we work. Be prepared. You know what's coming. Be prepared. The letter R in the word pride, we need to have respect. Respect for our teachers. Respect for those we work for. Respect, if you work for yourself, respect for those who give you business. Respect for our elderly. Respect for all of the key leaders of this thing we call the church. Respect. The letter I is for integrity. Why don't we just tell the truth instead of a lie? Integrity, being straightforward. Say what you mean, mean what you say. The letter D, determined. Listen, I am determined to preach the word of God as long as I have breath in this body. I'm determined to share Jesus wherever I go with whoever. They don't have to listen, but I'm gonna be determined to do it. Be determined, guys. Be determined in your church. And the last letter E is excellent. The Father said, be you perfect even as your Father in heaven is perfect. I know, you know, we can't live a perfect life. That's why Jesus died. But we can give it all we've got to achieve excellence. Somebody in our church family, I don't remember who it was now, didn't miss a day the whole 12 years of school. They already headed off college and they're not missing a day. Some of you precious little girls are going into a classroom for the first time. I want to tell you what, Lynn is excited for you. I talked to her. I said, do you remember your first class? She said, I sure do. It was right back in the school where I went to grammar school where I had a class. And there I was as a teacher in this class. And now she sees you all coming along where she has already been. You know, be, be, be prepared, respect, and have integrity, and be determined. And all of this, listen, all of this, when it's over and said and done, we're going to hear the Father say, welcome home. You've done an excellent job with what you had. You have done it. And I, church, I, I praise God for you. Uh, I praise God that, you know, he's put me here forever how long, I don't know. But I think about this. Today, listen to me, and I quit. Today we learn. Tomorrow we lead. And you know, in my ninth year here, but I have, I have been able to watch some of you already graduate from high school, college, get married, and see you get a job. And that's exciting to me. 
So many pastors don't stay long enough to see that. They miss out on all kind of blessings. I'm excited to watch you all, you young'uns, to grow up and graduate. Make your parents proud. Make your parents love you more. And just do what God wants you to do. You know, when I left home, I'm satisfied mom and daddy wasn't too happy. And they might have been happy on the other hand. <laughs> but you know, our youngins have to grow up. They have to move on. And they need our blessings. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for the privilege to stand in this place today. Lord, I pray for the holy word of God. Lord, that you'd speak to our hearts. I pray that the Holy Spirit is already working in this place today. I pray for our youth. I pray for Sandra singing there at Earl's Grove. I pray uh, for the baptism there today. I pray that you'd bless their Lord. And, and God, I thank you for the privilege to be the pastor here. I thank you for guests are in the midst of us today. Lord, I pray that your will be done in this service. And Lord, we'll thank you for all you do. In Jesus' name, amen.